We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We have the next part of our podcast, and we're going to dive into Central Michigan, all right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to tell you a little bit about Central Michigan, the Chips, the Chippewas uh, up in, up north of the border here, and kind of what they bring to the table and uh, what they where don't. Ypsilanti? Is that where they uh, are from? No, Ypsilanti is Eastern Michigan. Okay. I'm not are sure they, where Central Kalamazoo? Is. Or is that, or is that uh, Central? No, that's Western. Or Western, okay. That's Western. Where are they they are in Mount... Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Mount Pleasant, okay. Yes. Those Mount weird names for all those colleges are. Okay, Mount Pleasant. All right. Yes. I was eventually going to get there. Yeah, it's all good. Well, there's Eastern, there's Western, the there's Central. Like, yes, former, the Chips. Former uh, stomping grounds of Brian Kelly and yeah, uh, and also this, Butch Jones. This is well. true. So This is true. Yeah. Uh, one and one team lost in the opener to Michigan State, 31 to 7. Game that was actually close at halftime, Vince, but it was more about Michigan State not playing well than it really was about Central Michigan, to be completely honest with you. Uh, came out second half, really put that game away. They uh, went four and eight, they went four and eight this last season. Their their one win this year, I actually think it was a good win, Vince. Yeah, uh, they they came out and beat um, uh, beat New Hampshire, who is a mm -hmm. top fifteen team at the FCS level. So I've always said I've got respect when when. You get a early season win over a a really good FCS sure. team. Obviously, New Hampshire. Out. Yeah, and New Hampshire obviously is uh, is where Chip Kelly, uh, you you know, got his start as a coach and came. He was the OC there before he went to be the OC for Mike Bellotti uh, at Oregon. So uh, you been a good program for a long time. I think Ryan Day, I believe, also played at New Hampshire. I believe he he played there. I'm not sure if he coached there. Okay. That's a look, but I, but I'm pretty sure he played that. quarterback at New Hampshire. Okay, uh, back in the day, I think yeah. He was uh, and he played tight end at New Hampshire, or he coached tight ends in New Hampshire. Yeah, played quarterback in New Hampshire from 1998 to 2001, and uh, actually got his coaching start there at New Hampshire back in 2002. So, like I said, good football program, and uh, they got a good win, a very high scoring game, yeah. 45 to 42. They won uh, by a, they, on a field goal, yeah, uh, a last second yep. field goal. And the funny part is, last year they were six of 14 kicking field goals. Yeah, they were ter they were terrible. Yeah. And this was this kid's first ever collegiate field goal 
was to win the game. Like, that's huge. That's, that's big time. You give that kid a lot of credit. That's you know awesome. what I mean? I was a 47 awesome. yarder, I believe, to win the game. So I, yeah. it wasn't a chip shot either. So that is awesome. Um, that is yeah. awesome. Their head coach is Jim McElwain. For some of you remember, he was the that former head Jim coach McElwain. at Florida. Yeah. Uh, spent three seasons at Florida, went 10 and four, nine and four his first two years, and then got fired in year three because Florida likes to fire guys early in their careers after they have so, decent, good, decent seasons. Right. First time they have a bad season, you're out of here. Oh. Uh, spent, spent three years at Colorado State before that. And then before he got his head coaching start, he was the offensive coordinator at Alabama from 2008 mm-hmm. to 2011. So he played a role. In uh, that really good start for Alabama, he, of course, was the offensive coordinator in 09 when they beat Florida in the SEC. T- so let me rephrase. When they spanked Florida in the SEC title game and then went and won the national championship. And he also was the offensive coordinator in 2011 when they beat LSU for the national championship. And then, of course, that sprung board him into his head coaching career. He is in year five at Central Michigan. He's had two bowl teams in his in his previous four seasons. And in uh, actually in 2021, Vince, they actually won the Sun Bowl against Washington yeah. State. So he's got yeah. a Power Five win uh, under his belt as well. So uh, that's what rough. we have. Yep, yep. <laughs> Last year was a tough year. Uh, it was funny as they actually got off to a pretty good start, Vince, uh, and uh, like t- really battled Oklahoma State, really competitive against Oklahoma yeah. State. Then, yeah, two and, score uh, loss. Yeah, it was 58-44, but it was it was a really like they were they they played with Oklahoma State for a while. If I remember correctly, I'm gonna have to look up the box store because that was like five thousand games ago of of that I've watched and scored. But I believe it was uh it was like Oklahoma State had a, like a big big lead and and Central Michigan just battled back. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. They were down 37 to 7 at one point in time and just battled back. I mean, they, you know, so like it wasn't like a it wasn't a game where you're like, gee, they're going to win this football game. But they showed a lot of heart in that game. You're thinking, hey, this this team might have a pretty good offense. And then you realize, nope. So even <laughs> though they scored 44 in the opener, they only averaged 24.8 for the season. And they only had three games after that where they had over 30 points. One was against Bucknell, yeah. uh, and then against Buffalo, and then against Northern Illinois. So not a great offensive football team, nor are they really all that good on defense. And we'll we'll kind of break those down, but uh, it's been a tough go of it the last couple of years for Coach McElwain. Uh, obviously, losing record last year went four and eight. Uh, don't really think this year's team is going to be a whole lot better. To be completely honest with you, um, you know his uh, last year was actually his first losing record, Vince, because he went three and three in the COVID year. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. They're projected to be a middle of the road, you know, Mac team, like yeah. literally in the middle, like sixth or seventh out of 12. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and 103rd overall. I mean, you know, th- it's not going to be a great team. Yep. And, you know, somebody, somebody had mentioned, and I, you know, I don't want to throw shade at Central Michigan. That's that, that, that's not the goal here. But somebody said, you know, do you go into this game thinking, okay, starters for the first quarter and then this, that, no. and the other? No, you don't. You, you still yeah. go in. It's just like Marcus Freeman said in his pregame against Tennessee State. You show these guys respect by play, giving yeah. it your all. You, because you it's not about them. That's exactly the thing that right. we will always say. It's not about yes. them. Correct. This is always about you. Correct. Now, that, that that's they, the key. It's about If you. Notre Dame plays the game the way they should play it, right. I think it would be similar to a second half. Now we get the, the you know, what, we start subbing. What do we always say, Vince? The result is a byproduct of the process, of the, right. the mindset, the mentality, the standard. You play to the standard, and then the results will take care of themselves. That's basically right. how it works. And so exactly. you don't go into a game. Because you remember when Notre Dame did this in 2018? You know, so you come out in the opener, and you beat Michigan. And you're like, hey, great. You beat Michigan. This is phenomenal. That was a big win. Uh, you were talking about it all season, all off season, the big Michigan game. And – and how important that game would be, and and uh, you know, and and you came out there and you got the job done, and then you go out the next week and you're playing a Ball State team that, simply put, Vince was just not not very good. No, and they just they just were not very good. They were coming off of a two and ten season, and Notre Dame beat them twenty four to sixteen. And in that week of practice, they got the third. T- they were getting the third teamers reps during the week of practice in ways that they didn't in the past. Yeah. And if starters didn't get as much reps, it was kind of like, hey, and the, the players went into the game the, with the mindset of this team sucks. They're we're just going to roll the ball out and they're going to lay down and die. And, and they had that mindset because the coaches had that mindset exactly. with how they went exactly. through the preparation. Exactly. And then you ended up playing a four quarter game and you never yeah. got your backups in the game. No, they so didn't. So you go into this game with the mindset of, we guys, this is a normal week. We're knocking off our routine. We're going right. to push you. We're going to, it's the standard. It's the standard. It's the standard. And I don't care who the opponent is, when you miss that practice and tackle, 
I'm going to get on you like we've got Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or USC or whoever on Saturday because that's the standard. It's not about CMU. It's not about the guys in the, you know, the names in the back of their jerseys, the logo on their helmets. It's about you. Correct. And and then the byproduct of that is if you play your game, then you can you can bench, you can pull guys out in the third quarter. That's right. going to be interesting, Vince, because I I, I still am in the, the you've got Ohio State next week and you want to make sure you're getting work. Sure. So I get you know, that. that's part of it too. Yeah. But um and it depends you know, on how is, the first half goes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. Right. It, it, how efficient are you being offensively? Right. Are you being right. dominant defensively? Like there, right. there's a lot of bits and pieces to exactly what you said. Now, right. If they come out sloppy and they're still scoring points, like, yeah, you, you keep them in a little bit longer, you know, because that's not how you want your last yep. game, your last game time reps to be before you get Ohio State. You don't want that. So it really just depends on how the game flow is going, in my opinion. Uh, if things go the way they should, though, maybe the starters are in the first series yeah. of the third quarter, you know, yeah. whatever the case may be, yeah. right? And and we can dive more into that as we get into the week uh, when you, yeah. you know, we, we kind of get back on track against Central Michigan and explain why we're thinking that they may have the starters out at halftime. Because, again, you don't want to necessarily be disrespectful because right. I'll say this. When I watch a Central Michigan team play against Michigan State, they just don't have a lot of great players. They battle their butts off, though. They're a pretty fundamentally sound team. They are. I mean, I think this staff does a nice job. They've got some veteran uh, coordinators. Phil Petrino or Paul Petrino is their offensive coordinator. That's Bobby's younger brother, uh, who was his offensive coordinator, I believe, at Louisville. Okay. Uh, Rob Akey is their defensive coordinator. He's been a, he was in the NFL for a long time. Uh, he's he's was a head coach at like I think Idaho for a number of years. So he's a veteran guy. They're not. You know, Ryan and I were texting about this before the show, but they're a pretty vanilla team, a lot like Tennessee State was. But as we saw, Tennessee State still brought stuff from all over. So they're going to show some stuff defensively that that we haven't seen on film. Uh, offensively, they're a they're a traditional spread team, Vince, with a running yep. quarterback, right? So yep. we're going to see yep. power read, read zone. You know, bootlegs where you know the quarterback's going to run, have run, you know, pass keep op, you know, pass options. run options. Yep. yep. You know, they they don't have a ton of skill at running back. They don't have a ton of skill at receiver. The receivers are decent for a MAC team, but but they're not like the kids Kent State had last year, where one of their kids transfers to Penn State and the other kid transfers to North Carolina, right? Like they don't right. have they that. Have, they have guys coming in. Like there was a, I, I believe, a Wisconsin transfer that's coming in that didn't get any playing time really at yeah. Wisconsin, but he'll probably yeah. be a you know the upper echelon guy, you know, for, yeah. for central Michigan. Maybe. It's, like, it's right. that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, not a, not a lot of skill talent. And and the guy you're talking about, uh, Stephen Bracey, he's caught two yeah. passes for six yards yeah. through the right. first two games. So, there you go. Right. So uh, sometimes, you know, there's reasons guys are, are at those levels. Right. Yeah. But so when, when you look at it, Vince, um, you're going to see that it really comes down to this. It's about the quarterback. He's not much of a thrower. He is a a true run throw quarterback, and 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 that great timing of that comment. I wanted to pull that up. Yep, I yeah. wanted to pull that up. Bert I mean, Emanuel. Yeah, he he's I mean, more elusive than he is like a burner, right? But he's got really good running instincts. Uh, he kind of shot puts the ball, Vince. I don't know if you had a chance mm -hmm. to watch some of the film. He kind of shot puts the ball a little bit. He'll hit the occasional downfield shot. But he'll miss some throws. They will attack the middle of the field. You know, they're going to pull their linemen. They're going to run some of that stuff. They're going to do misdirection, you know, their stuff on film where they're we're having the whole line go this way. And then 
the back will go another way and the quarterback will go another way. So it's going to require you to be disciplined and this kid's going to get in space and you've got to shut him down. Yeah. Uh, he had over hundred. Yeah. He had a hundred yards rushing this past yeah. weekend against uh, New Hampshire. He had a really and, long uh, run for a touchdown early on in the yeah. game, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's that you're going to have to be prepared for him. And if you shut him down, they don't, they don't have a lot else. Their offensive line is a little on the small side. They're 300, 285, 325, 295, and 300 across the board. Their tackles have some length, some I should say some height to them. 6'5 at left tackle, 6'7 at right tackle. Their interior guys are 6'1, 6'1, and 6'3. Their center is a short, stubby kid who transfers from Southeast Louisiana. He started 13 games there. Really tough kid, fundamentally sound, just not very athletic and not very good. Their guards are small, uh, not overly athletic. Their left tackle's just a you know solid player. Their right tackle's got a little something to him. He's six seven, three hundred pounds. He's he's got the he's got probably the most potential of all the linemen. But this is one of those games where there's no reason not to let your D line go out and attack. This is the perfect right. game for that, and let them get some of that work in. A, you know, to to rush especially the quarterback, the especially guys, on man. third down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but they're they're not overly athletic. Uh, the run stunts their name does is going to give them a lot of problems. You just have to be disciplined because what can happen, Vince, is you can blow up their run, blow up their run, blow up their run, blow up their run, miss, you know, mistake back, contain mistake on the backside. Bert Emanuel runs for 40. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's, that's the way basically what it can go down to, or you're not locked in on the outside and you let him get a ball over your head, 50 yard right. game. They have some of that in them. And, and, you know, Michigan state did a pretty decent job of, of keeping that in check and not letting them make those those plays, obviously Central New Hampshire did not. I mean, the first touchdown was just a quarterback draw right up the middle for 66 yards. He drops back, lets the defense bail, and then boom, just creases it right up the middle. Didn't yep. even have any offensive linemen really lead blocking. It was a he running back went, was the lead blocker for yeah. him. That was it. They had a you know they they had a 31 yard touchdown pass, a, a 21 you know a. Uh, another 32 yard touchdown pass in the game. So it's just, it's really comes down to, you can't allow them to get those chunk plays right. that, that get them back on track when they're struggling. You know, he's yeah. not a very accurate quarterback. Right. Went seven of 19 last week for 193 yards. It, it speaks to what I'm talking about, Vince. But they, right? they played them. And that, yes. The, yes. Cause I watched some of that game and it four was, completions of over 30 yards. In that right. Game, by it, the way. Some guys were sneaking behind the coverage and he, kept his eyes up and he found them. You know, it was right. it was those kinds of plays yep. that they were making to continue to score. I mean, it was a yep. like you said, both both teams were in the 40s. You know what I mean? Yep. And so they had a kick they, return they I think, in that in the game too, didn't they? Yeah, or was it a they did. Yeah. I believe it was uh, thought it was, it was a, a there was a return, return I thought. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camera was a so, kick or a punt. Let me go look at it. It was a kickoff return. Yeah. 86 okay. yard kickoff return. That it's not getting a whole lot of distance on the kickoff. I was going to say it's uh, dropping on the 14, but anyway. Yeah, it was a big um, play game. If you watch the whole game, it was, it was like 66-yard touchdown plays. by minute by Central, 80-yard touchdown by New Hampshire, 86-yard kick return by Central, 31-yard touchdown by Central, 20-yard or 21-yard touchdown by by New Hampshire, 32-yard touchdown by Central, 71-yard touchdown pass by New Hampshire that that tied the game up. And then, of course, as you mentioned, they went down on the next drive and won the game. So I'll tell you what, the, the one that, I, I know we're not playing New Hampshire, and that's fine. But the number 20 for New Hampshire, he was your prototypical one double A kid 
who, you know, probably wasn't getting a lot of big D1 offers, goes here and is just a dude. Like he was just a dude. He, he was playing all over the place. They, he was clearly the uh, the guy on offense that they wanted to target all the time. They were just getting him in motion. He's their running back. Things. Yeah, he's a he's running, running back, and he had 295 receiving yards in the game. <laughs> yes. 12 catches I mean, they, for 295 yards, yeah. They he's just got – they they just figured out how to get him the football, and yeah. he was just a, he's an undersized kid, and he just plays hard, man. Like I yeah. just I enjoyed watching him play in that yeah. game, to be honest with you. But anyway, I, I'm I, I watching guess. them set up a screen to him right now, play action screen to him. He's just bouncing off tackles and just yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a good football just, player. Just plays the game hard, yeah. man. Yep, yep. So uh, defensively, here's the interesting thing, Vince. I actually like their talent on defense better than I do their offense, but okay. they're still not real good on defense, which kind of surprises me. They've got an interior guy that is a really sh- – like, he he's you like okay, you watch him play and you know exactly why he's playing in the MAC because he's like 6'1", 285. And then you watch him play and you're like, but now I know why he makes plays in the MAC. His name's Jacques Bristol. He's a kid from Florida. And you're like, because he's just got a really nice get off, real quick, great motor, good hands. Uh, their other defensive tackle, Ryan and I were talking about this. He's a try hard kid. He's just not very good. Yeah. And then they had a kid that tra- that transferred in. I believe he transferred in last year. This is a let me let me just check on that. I think he transferred in last year. Yeah, he transferred in last year. Didn't play. I, I believe he was injured last year, but he okay. transferred in from Memphis. He had three and a half sacks at Memphis, and I'm thinking, you know, he's 6'5", 275 pound defense end. I'm thinking, okay, this guy's going to be a dude, right? Yeah, he's got some juice. He's just kind of a guy. And he's okay. just, he's just a guy, and you know, nice looks the part, right? Like get him off the bus, and he, he looks the part. Just a guy. Their other edge players aren't aren't that great. They've got a linebacker that I really like, number 22. I don't know if you had a chance to watch him, Vince. Uh, he's a really good football player, uh, Kyle Moretti. Really good football player, uh, very active guy, pretty pretty okay. decent athlete. Blitz him a lot uh, in the past game. Had 14 tackles against Michigan State, really all over the field in that game. Really, really quality football player. And then they have a corner who was a first-team All-Mac kid last year, Dante Kent. Yeah. Uh, he was a good football player. Now, the problem with Dante Kent is he's like 5'11", 192, I think, and, and uh, really good football player. If he was – about a tenth or two tenths of a second faster. He's a power five player. Like he moves like a power five guy, like footwork wise. He's instinctive. He's tight. come up. There's a play against Michigan State where they ran a term. I think it was like a little quick screen pass. I forget how they got out there, but it was just a quick outside behind the line play. And I'm like, okay, let's see what he does. He just comes up and just drills the ball carrier. Just boom, just hits him. Right. And uh, like, boy, this, this kid's a tough kid. He just just doesn't have the speed. That's really yeah. the problem. But he's a good football player, and if you're not on top okay. of your game, he can play with you. Uh, safeties are tryhard hitters. They'll smack you. They just they just don't run great. They've got about four guys on defense though that I really like talent wise. That are good football players. We're on offense is like their quarterback and just a bunch of you know just a bunch of bodies. Right. Yeah. Defensive. They actually have some guys, but they weren't really good on defense last year. And of course, they're giving up like what 38 points a game something 36 points a game this year in two games so um that's the side of the ball that if you're not locked in they've got a couple of those short quick guys on the d line and a linebacker that can blitz that could could create some disruptives uh and, and then there there's a their their rover number three i have to what's his name 
Uh, let me give me Trey Jones. Uh, Trey Jones. He, yeah, he's their rover. He. I expect him to come a lot in this game. I expect him okay. to. I expect them to trigger him. Why not? They're four. They're yeah. a four two five team. Yep. Uh, I think they're going to bring him a lot. I, I, I would, especially out of twelve personnel, and basically say, "We're going to stop your run. We're going to make your receivers beat us." That's what Central yeah. Michigan's going to do. And uh, with all due respect, Notre Dame better be able to take advantage of that, Vince. They, they better because this is not a team that's very good defending the pass. Right. No, they gave up two hundred seventy nine yards to Michigan State. They gave up four hundred ninety three yards to. New Hampshire. They gave up 406 yards last year against Oklahoma State. So, yeah, this isn't a team that's really great at defending the pass. And so it should be a game. Although, here's the interesting thing. I actually really, really want – this is going to sound crazy. I really want Sam Hartman to throw an interception in this game. <laughs> what? <laughs> because he he's going to throw one you eventually. just want to get it out of his system? Get it out of the system against Central Michigan <laughs> where it doesn't hurt you. You know what I mean? Oh, and, can you and imagine the vitriol and, we're going to hear? Oh, he yeah. dinky socks. He threw a yeah. interception against <laughs> Central Michigan. Get him I out of here. He I hope he does. Where's like Steve Angeli? Get him in the game. Most right there. <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, I, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see that. We'll, uh, <laughs> you know, but the, the, the point being, though, in all seriousness, is, is this yeah. is a game where the receiver should be able to step up and make plays. And if they're not able to step up and make some big plays, you start wondering, like, okay. What's the reason is why? It, and, is it ever and if going teams to are going to keep playing deep against you, there are a lot of cover one, cover three. If they're going to play deep against you, okay, then do you have some stuff built into your system to, to take advantage? You know, hit, maybe hit some deep comebacks, hit some deep outs, and and start hitting some of those plays and and try to get them to bite harder. And then you know what do you counter with? So I, I do want to see some of that stuff. I you know I, I know people say, oh, you just come out and just run the ball, and you know they can't stop you running, and that's who. you – Look, you guys are events. We're gonna have to. We talk about it. We're gonna have to see Notre Dame's pass offense come out and do some things. And so I, I yeah. would like to see them come out and build that. But I also think their corners are decent enough to where you're getting a, a decent test from them, right? They're 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 not they're better than Navy's corners in my sure. opinion. So you'll you'll get that. But this is also a game, as I said, you're gonna get tested in your offensive line from a quickness standpoint. Now, physicality wise, this is a game Notre Dame should should be able to push Central Michigan around. I mean, they're they're not a real big team, as I mentioned. the 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 one kid, Maurice White, has some size to him. He's six five, two seventy five. But the D tackle, I really like, Jock Bristol, six one, two ninety five. I don't know if he's really two ninety five. You know what I mean? They got another kid named Robbie Stewart, who's listed at six three, three hundred. He's one of those guys that when he stops playing football, he's he, he he's doesn't have to be about two hundred pounds, about two twenty. <laughs> yeah, that or he's just gonna you know. You go the opposite go the, direction. Go the other direction. No, yeah, he, he he just they they just don't have a lot of those that beef, Vince. You know, so yeah. you should physically be able to push them around in this game. But they're tryhard kids. But the thing is, they're they're all kind of short mm-hmm. in on the inside. I've heard a lot and of they, six ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of six ones and six twos from this yeah. group. And so you're gonna have to play with good pad level and and come out there and, and do what you're supposed to do. But uh, we're gonna find out if they can, Vince. We're gonna yeah. find out if they can. But uh that's that would and be... again, four two five defense is what they play. Right. They trigger their safeties a lot. They're gonna get one of their safeties down in the box a lot in this game. Their corners will mix up often often and and uh press. They'll come up and then bail pre pre or post snap. They don't play a lot of Ryan and I were talking about this. They don't play a lot of line games, but they do a lot of pre-snap shifting. Okay. Right? They're one of those teams. Gotcha. And uh, they also line up at some funky fronts. They're a 4-2-5 team, but I'm watching them against New Hampshire, or was it Michigan State? 
and they just came in one series and were play, basically playing like a 52. Like it was weird, man. Like they they were like they were they they were like playing like either four eyes and a nose, and then the rover was on the edge and the defensive end was on the edge. And I'm like, dude, they're playing a 50 defense right now. Right. Like not even like a three four, but like they're playing a 50 defense right now. And you're like, okay, right, whatever. I mean, back to your, uh, okay. back to my middle school days, right? It's like is Barry Alvarez coming out of retirement <laughs> or something like that, and he's coaching the defense there. But <laughs> um, they'll do a lot of that that pre snap stunting, you know, yeah. where they'll move and shift and all that kind of stuff. But they don't do a ton of games afterwards. But I I okay. do expect that to be different against Notre Dame. That's just not who they've shown on film to be. But neither did Tennessee State, and they brought guys from all over the place because yeah, they're gonna know. We can't stop Notre Dame's run game playing base defense. They know right, that. Right. They gave up over 150 yards a game last year. Right. They know that they can't they can't come out and play Notre Dame that way. They gave up 300 yards to Buffalo, 245 to Northern Illinois, 287 to Bucknell, right? 199 to Akron. They know they can't kind of line up and play their base defense against Notre Dame. So then what does Notre Dame do about it? That's going to be my question. Sure. Offensively, but that's what they are. I, I would call them a well-coached team, Vince, from a toughness and, and and fundamental standpoint. They're just kind of a dull team from a play design and play calling standpoint. That that's that's really the thing. It reminds me a lot like Ty Willingham staff. You know, I've said this a million times. Like I think that staff was really good at teaching the basics of football. Mm-hmm. Line up, block. You know, here's how you line up. Here's how you tackle. Here's how you run routes. Yep. They're just like no creativity whatsoever to their game plans, and they didn't have the athletes to to get away with not being creative, right? Right. And and that's kind of how I feel about Central Michigan. So I, sure. I don't think their coaching is really a problem from that standpoint. I think the problem is they just haven't recruited very well. They just don't have players. And I, I think that's more of the uh, – And that's to be expected that's more the issue in, for me. In, a, in a game like this. I mean, you know. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you're stressed about buying tickets or doing some last-minute ticket hunting to college football games, concerts, comedy shows, your favorite activities, Game Time is the place for you. They take the stress out of buying tickets. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code IRISH 
for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the GameTime app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's GameTime.co. But it, it, it's well, an opportunity. Not even, not even compared to Notre Dame. I mean, compared to where they were before. Oh, gotcha. Like, that's what I mean. It's like, you know, they, they had that one guy that was only there for a couple years. and uh, But he he left them with a, like, <laughs> what, was the, what was the guy's name? It was, um, he was an NFL guy for a long time. What's his name? Uh, John uh, Bonamega. And he went three straight bowl games and then has one bad year, went 111 and they fired him and brought in McElwain. But that guy had left him with some good talent. And that talent is kind of depleted. It's gone now. Yeah. Yeah. It's depleted. Yeah. Yep. yeah. In my opinion. So that's, gotcha. that's Central Michigan, Vince. Yeah. There it is. So, and we'll, we'll talk a little more Central Michigan as the week goes on, you know, but we're not going to dive too deep, deeply into central michigan i mean it's, yeah it's still central we'll michigan. talk some matchups on thursday sure. keys to victory and i'll have i'll have some things to say about them tomorrow but it's going to be more from a looking at notre dame standpoint is yeah. really what it's going to be about it really is and now vince we we did star a couple questions we're going to do like a little mini mailbag here uh and we're going to get out of here after that but not like a full mailbag we just had a couple questions that we started yeah. that i just want to kind of quickly uh there's some good quickly, ones in here yeah just want to kind of quickly get to and uh and discuss here a little bit i thought this was funny beef eater ndo8 brian who would your starting lineup be if you had to make a team out of ib regulars oh my it, part two yeah would you like, be able to trust archer and ladarius yeah. not to sabotage this? yeah uh so i wanted to bring this up because it was funny i, I don't funny. know any of you enough to know who's big or small right, right. or whatever i i don't right. know but i will say this i love archer and ladarius but i'm not trusting them I'm not that I think they're plants because <laughs> so I wouldn't trust them. Sorry, guys. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't I do love it. it. Yeah. So, no, but we did, we did have a, a couple, a couple that I wanted to get here real quick. That's funny. This is the one I wanted to bring up because this, this was something that, that uh, I wanted to address in a little bit more detail here in the, the chat. Yeah. Mark Brown says, uh, look how far the O-line came last year. Should we expect similar growth? We should expect it. Yes, we should expect it, meaning that should be the demand. That should be the expectation. Correct. I don't mean expect it as like, yes, I'm for certainly expecting that to happen based on track record. I, I, I don't know that about Joe Rudolph. And, and so I want to make sure that the proper usage of expectation is being understood here of what I'm saying. The expectation is that you should do this. I don't know that they're going to do that because this is year one under Joe Rudolph. And I don't really care what he did at past places. It's about what are you doing here? Sure. And we don't have a track record of what he's done at Notre Dame. So we're going to find out if he can get him there, Mark. But if if he's the O-line coach that we hope he is, you should really see this group take a step against Central Michigan. If, they, if yeah. they're just kind of bully Central Michigan and they're still not playing with great footwork and they're still not being super assignment correct, that's a problem for me because you're now yeah. a third of the way through the season. You got a, and you've got the tough stretch coming up, right? right? Yep. So we we need to see some growth from that standpoint. And yeah, they're playing tough and all that, but you know, to me, that's like kind of like rewarding someone for doing what they're supposed to do. You know, like, uh, hey, Dad, I cleaned up my room. Okay, what do you want a cookie? Like that's what you're supposed to do, right? Like you're that's your like job. Kid, you know, like, like my kids, right? And and so. Uh, 
yeah, you're, you're an offensive line coach in their name. Of course your unit should play tough. Now the question is, can you get them to play more cohesively? They did that right. in the opener. As they haven't done that the last two units. Yeah. As an elite right. unit, right. that's the most important. They've had part. some flashes, like the sure. the block the block against on the eighty yard touchdown run was phenomenal. I mean, literally, oh. Audric estimated didn't get touched. This wasn't it was like the pancakes. Tennessee State fifty I mean, yard game. Yeah. Remember the fifty yard against Tennessee State miss where he comes through and he gets hits like three guys hit him and he bounces they, off of and they start it, bouncing it, off of him. Yeah. yeah, he didn't get touched. Right, he didn't get touched. Like it was great blocking on that particular play. Yes, and uh, he ran old school power O out of that overload formation. It was beautiful. But, uh, you know, and there was the 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 first run by Jadarian Price was really impressive. You know, just blocked it up great. They needed a safety to keep him from scoring a touchdown. There were five or six plays like that were blocked really well, but then mixed in was also a lot of not very good. And and that's the part that's going to have to get improved upon as we as we move forward. So yeah. uh, I, I wanted to get in. I wanted to get a little bit more into detail on that question from Mark, because we did we did kind of get into it, but. Yeah, if he's the coach we th- hope he is, like you don't want to go into Ohio State and you haven't fixed that by game five. That it, would concern I mean, you're me. You're almost halfway through the season at that right. point. Right, like, exactly. Yeah, you, you know, that would concern me. Yeah, agreed. Quite agreed. a bit. Quite I need a bit. To, I agree with you. I need to see a step in this game. You know, we call these kind of games get-right games. They, they need to get right, and there's, yeah. there's no doubt about it. I need to see yes. a dominating, you know, or at least a step forward to a dominating game offensive line to make yeah. me feel the way I want to feel this time next week. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where you're confident that, Hey, correct. This is going to happen. There's a lot right. of things I'm confident about with this team. I need more. Need right. More. Right. Because yeah. again, it's, it's, I know like I'm, I'm more confident now than I've been at any point in time thinking about this team that they're definitely going to go minimum 10 and two. Like right. I, I'm more, I'm because they're just going to go out talent. 10 teams on their schedule this year. Just yep. it's going to happen. Yep. The question still exists, however. Okay. But can they go out and do it to where they can be the real impact guys? And, th- and we right. don't know the answer to that. And so we're going to find out here real soon. Here's a two parter from Ben Tarnowski that oh, I, right. that I wanted to address as well. All right. Thanks, Ben. Uh, with the meat of our schedule coming up and not having a buy until after USC, would you consider, pulling defensive starters after the first quarter slash half, or at least rotate often to keep them fresh and let the young bucks get more snaps. No. Uh, what I would do, Ben, in your, in your circumstance, if I was dead set on doing that, what I would do is I would mix the young guys in with the first team throughout the first three quarters is what I would do. I'm, I am not a fan of pulling guys at for, fourth quarter. Guys, listen. Notre Dame's starters did not play a ton of snaps against Navy. They did not play a ton of snaps against Tennessee State. They do not have the wear and tear of a typical three-game team on them. They just don't. So we don't need to kind of worry about, you know, saving reps in week four against Central Michigan. Right. Right? Like the most snaps any player on the entire defensive roster – played against Tennessee State was 38. The top three of the top four snap getters in that game were defensive backs who were built for more snaps. Right. And only seven players played over 30 snaps in that game. That's it. Yeah. That's it. So they just don't have the volume on them like you'd think, like, you know, 
you'd ex- remember when you had guys playing 60, 70 snaps on defense. Vince only had two guys play over 40 snaps against Navy, J.D. Burchan and Maris Leofau. They only had two defensive linemen play 30 or more snaps against Navy. So they've done a pretty good job already of playing a deep rotation in the first two weeks. Now, we saw them get a lot more snaps against NC State. Xavier Watts played 73. Deet Maris played 70. DJ Brown played 61. Howard Cross played 58. Uh, this is according to Pro Football Focus. Riley Mills played 49. Batelho played 54. I mean, so you started to see the reps, but that's the whole point is you limit them in some of those games to get to make sure they can handle that volume and not wear down. But the way they've done it then is the way they do it now is what you're mixing those guys in early. One of the problems I had against NC State, Vince, is I was concerned about this is, okay, we saw them play a guy like Josh Burnham a lot in the first two games, but then this past week we didn't see him until the fourth quarter when the game was over. That's the mistake that I have. But that boils down to this is an Al Golden thing. And, and look, I praised Al Golden to high heaven for the game plan, and it was a great game plan in a lot of ways, but my problem continues to be he's still way too reliant on how smart he is and in turn how much his players can know. Because yeah. you know, when you when you when you look as good as Josh Burnham looked, why would you not want him on the field when you're facing Brandon Arnold? We might make a mistake. Well, okay, but some guys are gonna get beat because they're just not athletic enough to make a play. And sometimes he may make a mistake, but you know what he's also gonna do? Go make a play. Yeah, I wish Al Golden would take some of the mindset that like Dylan McCullough has with like Jeremiah Love, Jadarian Bryce, which is, hey, look, I know that they're young players and and they're going to make mistakes, but you know what they're also going to do? They're a they're a rep away from ripping one off for eighty every time they touch the ball, right? Josh Burnham needs to be one of those guys, and so that was a disappointing thing for me is that we did not see him. I don't know that he played a snap, maybe one snap until the last drive. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, and, I don't remember seeing him yeah. out there. That concerned me a little bit. Right. I mean, you know, Jason Onyape only plays 18 snaps on Saturday, but Howard Cross played 58. Like, okay, I understand Howard's playing great, but you, you know, that can't be the case from US from Ohio State on to Stanford. Right. So Agreed. I would like to see them do more of that and getting those guys in early could be a way of doing that, in my opinion. Beef eater and DOA. Brian, are you given the OSUQB? Too much credit. I've not seen him yet, but he's still a kid. No, he's not a kid. He's a junior in college. He's a third-year player, number one. He has way more experience as a quarterback than C.J. Stroud had when he took over as a starting quarterback in 2021. If you remember, Vince, in 2021, C.J. Stroud took over as a starting quarterback with a grand total of, drumroll please, zero career pass attempts at Ohio State, right? So – uh, number one. Number two, I'm not giving too much credit because you never heard me once say Kyle McCord's going to go out there and rip you up. What I'm talking about is he's throwing to Marvin Harrison and Emeka Ibuka and Cade Stover and Julian Fleming, and they're so loaded a receiver that Cardinal Tate and Brandon Ennis aren't even getting a ton of playing time. Right? Like, think about that, guys. And and Cardinal Tate might be starting or play, getting like borderline starting minutes at Notre Dame if he was there right now, right? Like, he's that good of a player. And Brandon Ennis will be playing a ton right now if he's a Notre Dame. And they're, they're not playing a ton. They're playing, but they're not playing a ton for Ohio State right now. And, and so I don't care who the quarterback is. The point is, if you're not playing disciplined football on defense, it doesn't take the number two overall draft pick to hit a slant route to Marvin Harrison 
exactly. or just throw it up and let him go get it. It does not take a, you know, Peyton Manning to do that. It takes a guy that's good enough to be on scholarship at Ohio State, right? So it's not about Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. It's about, I don't care who their quarterback is. I'm worried about 18, right? I'm worried about Emeka. I'm worried about Cade Stover. I'm worried about those guys making plays. I'm worried about Travion Henderson getting a screen pass and you've blitzed yourself into a problem. You know, and, 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 and Travion Henderson catches a screen behind one of your blitzes because Ryan Day has figured out your tell and he he knows when you're going to blitz from that side. And so he throws a little slip screen behind it and you got three Ohio State blockers and two Notre Dame defenders and freaking Travion Henderson has the football. That's right. what I'm worried about. It doesn't take a five-star quarterback to throw a slip screen to Travion Henderson. You know what I mean? So to your point, so I mean, so beef eater, like if they had a CJ Stroud, I'd be even more nervous about that based on what we, the lack of pressure we've seen the first few games, at least the last couple games. Uh, it's, a, but it's the pass catchers that I'm concerned about and, you know, not so much the quarterback. And, and we've seen that at Notre Dame, man. We've seen a sure. okay quarterbacks put up big numbers. I mean, Ian Book didn't all of a sudden become a, a better player in 2019 than he was in 2020. Why was his production so much better in 2019? Well, number one, he regressed a little bit because he was being coached by Brian Kelly. But number two, in 2019, he had Chase Claypool and Cole Komet. In 2020, he was throwing to Javon McKinley and Ben Skoranek. Now, they're good football players, but they're not Cole Komet and Chase Claypool. So uh, that's what I'm more concerned about, to be completely honest with you. Corey Dean. Who has the best offense Notre Dame will face this year? USC? I, I, I think it's USC. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's USC because to me, Vince, um, it, now the, that's where the, to be feeders question, that's the biggest difference. Now, Ohio State has a better receiving core. I think the running back rooms are, are similar, but Ohio State is better. Ohio State has a better tight end, at least, especially more experienced tight end. I think USC has a better offensive line. Not it's not phenomenal, but I I think Lincoln Riley's a, a better offensive mind than Ryan Day. Okay, I, I I believe that. Not not that's not a knock on Ryan Day. It's just I think Lincoln Riley's a great offensive mind, especially when he has a quarterback like sure. Caleb Williams. Oh yeah, and Caleb Williams is still the best, in my opinion, the best player in college football. I mean that's that's what it boils down to, and and they're they've shown a, a greater willingness to be balanced than Ohio State has under Ryan Day. So, I mean, you're watching what USC's done the first couple games. I mean, with all due respect to Ohio State, they haven't exactly lit the world on fire offensively the first two games of the season. You know, they they went for 380 and 5.7 against Indiana. They went for 482 and 35 points against Youngstown State. And then you then you go look at what USC is doing. And, you know, they're averaging what? They're, I think they're averaging over 50 a game. Yeah, 59.3 per game. They played three games. They're averaging almost 60 points a game. They their lowest output of the season was 501 against San Jose State, who's a pretty good football team. They went for 668 against Nevada, and they went for 573 against Stanford. And Vince, I don't know if you watched that game. They could have scored a hundred on Stanford. Oh, Lincoln I, Riley did to Stanford yeah. what what uh, what um, Steve Sarkeesian did to Notre Dame back in 2014. Yeah. Remember when he called off the dogs that game? It was like. They, they were killing Notre Dame. They could have scored 70 against Notre Dame that day if they wanted to. And right. Coach Sark, you know, showed class because he knew Notre Dame was a beat-up football team and right. and showed some class and called off the dogs. It was 42-3 to three at – or, excuse me, 49-3 to three at halftime. 
And they only okay. scored what fifty six the whole game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he could have he could have really embarrassed Stanford if he wanted to. But that is a really good offense so far. Now they haven't played anybody worth it. Well, San Jose State's actually a decent team, and that game was a lot closer than the final score showed. They poured some fourth quarter points on against San Jose State. It was like a two score game in the like late third quarter, I believe, if I remember correctly. It was a one touchdown game at halftime against San Jose State. But then, they, but then they do what explosive offenses do. They just kind of poured it on in the second half, like yeah. Notre Dame did. Oh, like Notre Dame NC did. Oh, okay, right. So I would still, I'd say NC State. Ohio State's number two because when you have the receiving core they have, and when I say receiving core, I'm also including Cade Stover into that conversation. I really like him at tight end. Uh, he's, I would actually kind of consider him a little bit more of like an H back than a true tight end, just because of his body type and, and the way that they use him. Honestly, Vince, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the best group of pass catchers that Notre is going to face all year. That's definitely the best group of pass catchers. Sure. Are they the best offense as of today? And I can go off of what we've seen so far. Right. No. No, they're they're not the best offense. Now, could they be when they play? Sure. Yeah. Sure they could be. Let's see what they do against Western Kentucky and their their defense this weekend, which isn't very good. So we'll have a lot better feel for who they are at that point in time. So that's my takeaway. Vince, would you agree, disagree? What are well, your thoughts USC on that? Was by was was my instinct, right? Because just the way they have the ability to put up points. I think USC has to work a little harder to put up points than USC does, at least in the first few games, you know, from what I've seen. And uh, I I don't know. I, I just feel like, the you know, if all things are equal, you go to the quarterback, the trigger man is going to make the difference and it's going to make it a better offense. And I also agree with you that Lincoln Riley is a better offensive mind than Ryan Day. And so that elevates them to another level as well. So it's not just about the guys on the field. It's also about the guy calling the plays and designing the plays and all of that. And I think Lincoln Riley gets the check mark there. Yeah. Agree. Agree. So um that's gonna be that's gonna be some some interesting stuff. So here, here's one from Matt Ginther. He says Brian is that long sleeve shirt available on the IB store. It is it's a it's a pullover. Yeah man so it's an Adidas pullover. This is a gray one. Uh, I've worn the navy blue one before and then Vince has worn the white one. Oh the so white yes. one I love it. Yes, uh, this is available in the in the in the store, Vince. So yeah, yeah. so that's going to do it, Vince. I just wanted to get a few questions yeah. in there that were kind of somewhat related to the topics that we were we were discussing during the show. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to get out that all over to you. So tomorrow, guys, remember I, one o'clock. I, we will be back at one o'clock. I'm going to do my show tomorrow at one o'clock. The midweek rundown have a lot more to talk about, and uh, and then of course Thursday. I will still be here on Thursday. I'm going to actually fly back Thursday night. Uh, hope mom should be home from the hospital by then. But uh, if she's listening, hi, mom. How are you? Love you. But uh, she says she's going to listen tonight. But uh, I'll be leave, probably going home Thursday as of now and getting back in time for the game. But uh, And we'll have a mailbag on Friday. So we've definitely got some stuff going on, some stuff planned. And um, and then next week, it's Ohio State week. But right now, it's about getting this team better. you got one more one more guaranteed opportunity to get better, right? Yep, and that's what uh, we're looking Ball at. So Notre Dame kicks off. Yeah, they kick off uh, second quarter of the season on Crazy. Saturday, man. That still blows my and, mind. Uh, ramps up a little bit from here on out, buddy. It really yep. does. So this is your this is your last get right game of the year, in they, my opinion, Vince. They won the first quarter. Now yep. they got to win. Impressively the second quarter. so. Yes, they did. They, Impressively so. If yeah. you would have told me, if you would have given me the stats and the kind of how things went down in the first three games, and you said, "Okay, do you want this?" I'd be like, "Yep." Moving on to week four, you know, so very happy with where Notre Dame is right now. Of course, there's things to clean up. That's why the coaches are still coaching. 
You know, mm-hmm. if they were a perfect football team right now, they'd be like, all right, guys, uh, we'll see you Saturday morning. Uh, make sure you're at the stadium by, you know, 10 o'clock and we'll just we'll we'll get after it. You know, right. that's not the case. They're, they're, they're going back into the lab. They're going back to the practice field and they're fixing the mistakes because there's always going to be a mistake. Brian, have you in all the good teams that you've ever coached? Has there ever been a perfect game like start to finish every play, as every team? Rest, perfect game as a no. team? No, no, and I've been in games where we've hung a seventy on people. Yeah, and you stuff to correct in games. Yeah. There's always stuff to correct, always, and so we're always going to be in a position where we can find things that need to be corrected for Notre Dame, and we will continue to do that. But we're also going to point out the good, folks, and there's a lot of good to be pointed out. So keep that in mind. Go to bed happy if you're a Notre Dame fan. We're, you're in a good place. Okay? Yeah, you're gotta in a get good better. Place. But you're you're where you are right now in the season. Correct. A really good place to be. Absolutely. So, all right, everybody, don't forget to like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, share with your family and friends, jump on the boards, boards boards.irishbreakdown.com. And as the merch store, too, you took the words words right out of my mouth, man, because uh, the merch store has some good stuff. And I can personally guarantee the the pullover, the Adidas pullover that is in there is awesome. I absolutely love it. It's my favorite article of clothing uh that i have from ib so because uh, nobody and i mean this nobody wears more ib stuff than vince well no nobody wears more <laughs> ib stuff than vince. When, other than when you're mandated to to uh to uh you know not wear ib stuff right. at school you're wearing I, ib stuff i i did wear ib stuff i think out to my anniversary one time um and you even gave me crap for that one uh, but yay, I, I even have my IB sweats on. I'm not going to stand up and show people, but I've got my IB sweats on, which are amazing. So I'm telling you guys, there's good stuff in there. So go check it out. But uh, all right. Well, thanks for hanging with us on a little bit of IB after dark. Hit that notification bell just so you know when there might be an impromptu show. All right, everybody. So for Brian, I'm Vince, and we will talk to you next time on the Irish Breakdown podcast. And thanks everybody for praying for my mom. Appreciate y'all very, very much. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.